Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What you doing? Trying on glasses with Zenni's 3D Virtual Try-On. Wow, that's pretty cool. But those glasses kind of make you look like your Uncle Bob. Oh, not exactly the look I was going for. Um, okay, how about these clear glasses? Oh, or these round ones? Very on trend. I like both on you. You know, I also like these aviator sunglasses. Wait, are those the actual prices? I say get all of them. Seriously, why not, right? Oh, now I want new glasses. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty and there will be no encore. I'm joined by Dahi Odroni. Hello, how are you? I'm good, man. It's a Monday evening in a cold, rainy November 2019. A rainy, rainy Monday. Yeah, it's gross, isn't it? It's repoxy. Uh, so basically, like, this is a legitimately special episode of No Encore. We're going to do something we've never ever done before and barely talk about music. We're going to talk about a video game. Are we calling it a spoiler cast? Oh, 100%. Yeah, this is the Death Stranding spoiler cast okay. because myself and Dahi over the past two and a half weeks, I think it's been two weeks. Two and a half weeks, I'd say, yeah. We played the new Hideo Kojima, or Kojima, I can never Kojima. decide. Kojima. Game. So it's called Death Stranding. It's one of the big pop culture moments of the year. For anyone who does not know, can you give some background into what this game is and who Hideo Kojima is and why this is such a big deal? Yeah, so Hideo Kojima, most people would know him from the Metal Gear Solid franchise. He's the kind of the, the auteur behind Metal Gear. Um, Metal Gear was kind of the one of the biggest franchises uh, on the planet. It kind of is often credited, credited for making the PS1 and the PS2 uh, as special as it was. Um and he is a, a Japanese game developer who um, uh, took off on his own uh, in the last kind of couple of years, I'd say two or three years. He was given his own um, production company uh, for Sony and made Kojima Productions. Um, and this is the first game from his Kojima Productions uh, kind of umbrella. 
Yeah, and Acrimonious split with Konami, who were the long publishers mm-hmm. of the Metal Gear franchise. They basically were saying that they weren't really okay with what he was doing anymore, and he famously didn't get to fully finish Phantom Pain, yeah. the last Metal Gear game, which to me was a game that I was so fucking hyped about, man. Like, yeah. crazy hyped about it. I mean, for starters, like, the trailer with the New Order song, El Jaya, in it, I still think is the greatest trailer. I would probably agree with you, yeah. It's just unbelievable. And I was like, this is going to be the best game of all time. Yeah. It's going to be unbelievable. And in the end, the gameplay was quite good. It was a new system, new engine, but the story just was lacking quite a bit. And I love the Metal Gear Solid games. I love how batshit crazy they are. Mm-hmm. I, I love his indulgences. But I felt that he kind of punched himself out on that one. And they literally pulled the plug on him. Like, so yeah, the game it, doesn't end properly. It was kind of funny because it was quite a like a balanced split where beforehand, um, I think most people could um, say that the stories based around Metal Gear 1, 2, 3, and 4 were always like the main thing that you were going for. Um, the stealth kind of gameplay and stuff was kind of really brand new for for that kind of era as well, which was pretty amazing. But I would say that the Metal Gear games have not aged incredibly well in terms of like play styles and stuff. Whereas there seems to be a, a complete flip from about Metal Gear Solid Five onwards where he's almost become better at the gameplay side of game development than he is on the story side. Um, or another way of saying that is he just might be a little bit more off the leash and just trying to do completely crazy stuff like over and over again, you know? Well, Enter Death Stranding, which I think three years ago was the first time we learned of this game. And for the longest time, it was a case of no one knowing what this game was because the trailers were very, very abstract. There was little Mm -hmm. things like, you know, the photorealistic kind of Norman Reedus uh, who appears to have a baby inside of him perhaps and at least carries one around. He's got his celebrity mates Guillermo del Toro and Nicholas Winding Refn and Mads Mikkelsen involved. No one really fully knew what this game was for quite some time. I started to avoid promotional materials when I could. It became apparent, though, at one point that it was like, this appears to be a walking simulator set (laughs) in a desolate, apocalyptic future, and it's all about connections. Yeah. But then the game comes out, and it's like, okay, it is a walking simulator. That's kind of Tim Rogers the from Kotaku described this. it as the Gran Turismo of walking simulators, which is a hilariously <laughs> great way of putting it. So, well, I guess without further ado, this is a spoiler cast. So, Dahi and I, the reason we're, one of the reasons why we're talking about this is because we were like, we didn't want to spend the next episode of No Longer talking about it in the preamble for like probably an hour especially while Craig sits there because Craig is currently working his way through Red Dead Redemption 2 from last year so he's not going to get to this game for a year so we thought fuck it I was like why don't I just come over to your gaff and we'll just talk about it Mm -hmm. because you're a big gamer you love games I I do I use uh, video games as my uh, ultimate escape for like because when I'm not working when I'm not doing music and stuff I need something to just completely escape from everything Uh, and that's how I play video games generally I do kind of entire like I'll take a day off and like do like 12 hours of like consistent playing <laughs> and trying to yeah. rattle stuff phone goes off no reply to nobody absolutely gone <laughs> like out of office email even like i completely go for it does it say um, i'm playing video games or just, uh, just no say, no like i'm i'm in studio <laughs> <laughs> i'm having very so if you, yeah if you get an automatic reply from me saying i'm in studio i'm definitely playing <laughs> video games yeah you're playing like mario kart or something yeah yeah fair exactly. enough i mean you've earned it so to be fair escape is a great word because for better or worse in this game mm-hmm. and i'm gonna ask you a very basic question in a moment this game was one I legitimately was escaping into. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Red Dead as well, which is a game that I didn't love, but I did like the kind of mundane stuff that everyone else seemed to hate. Yeah, I enjoyed trekking around through the snow, which is good if you're going into this game. So really quick, you finished it, I finished it. Before we get to spoilers, did you like this game? Uh, yes, it was exactly what I was looking for at exactly the right time. Um, so like the type of video games that I, that I like are 
methodical games with a lot of RPG kind of elements and uh, a good story. That's kind of what I look for. Stuff that I can kind of repeatedly do that are quite methodical. So I really enjoyed Minecraft, for instance. I really enjoyed uh, Skyrim, for instance. Um, uh, What else did I really like this year? Um, Outer Worlds was really good with the storyline stuff. But um, Diablo, for instance, where it's just like you're almost repeating the same stuff over and over again and you've got this circular loop of gear like over and over and over again and improving and improving and and finding ways to um make life easier for yourself as stuff gets harder and the the really beautiful thing about this game is that it has all of that but in completely brand new systems that i haven't seen in any video game before and i think that's what makes it really really special you know there's so many systems though i mean like mm. i have found that I've, as i've gotten older first of all like i'm no longer as good as video games as, as i was when i was younger like even when i've tried to replay like a metal gear solid 3 for example mm. i'm just getting killed every five seconds but I think it's a lack of patience as well, which yeah. of course in 2019 is it's difficult to have patience at all when you're dealing with media. Yeah. I mean, I think the likes of like Twitter and YouTube and Vine and everything that's kind of bite-sized and bitty has ruined your appetite for sitting down and watching a three-hour movie without looking at your phone. And in this case, that's what I loved about this game was that I would like I put my head, I put my good headphones on, you know, into the controller, mm-hmm. pull the fucking blinds down, candles go, and phone like turned off or at yeah. least turned away. And it was genuinely about immersing myself into this world. And I think in that regard, it does a very good job. I guess to ask myself the same question, do I like the game? I do like the game. Um, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I wish I loved it. I wish I felt more of an emotional thrall to it. But I do think that it kind of falls down in a lot of a lot of kind of elements. I mean, the hype was obviously very, very strong. I, I think I went in with the right level of hype because it was for me, it was like Phantom Pain burned me so bad. And I don't think Phantom Pain is a bad game. Mm-hmm. I was just really upset by how basic the story was. Because I was preparing myself for just the mother of all Metal Gear stories. Yeah, yeah. And it was just shockingly one note. And the characters just weren't there. The writing just wasn't there. And with this one, I was like, okay, you know, I'm just going to go in and be like, I, I'm looking forward to playing this. I'm looking forward to seeing how weird it's going to be and what kind of trolling Kojima is doing this time and yada, yada. And I'm okay with it not being this kind of high-octane thing. I've got Hitman 2 for that, you know, which yeah. I did throw on a couple of times after the first six, seven hours. Because <laughs> that was another thing with this game when it comes out. I mean, like, divisive, you might say. I've seen a lot of positive. Completely but you, divisive. But you were saying there's been a lot of kicking. Yeah, well, I mean, it's gotten anything from, you know, five star reviews to 10 star reviews you know what i mean like i mean it's kind of very um i think it, and one of the one of the things is is exactly that i this this game is um like a very arty game i would say compared to a lot of the AAA games that we get um because uh in general what people try and get is this thing where it's like so slick and so sheeny and you have like this beautiful kind of stories and stuff and that's how AAA works and it and the thing that over the last couple of years, I would say that AAA games has gotten so incredibly easy compared to beforehand because they don't want anybody to like lose focus on the actual game itself. So they go really, really easy and they try and keep things easy to explain and keep everything very, very simple. This is the complete opposite of that. And like I, I like it really feels like the difference between like a pop album and like a like a deep like like electronic album from Berlin or something like that. Like it has this like super, super weird stuff. It's not easy. The systems are like stacked up on top of each other. And the big thing that I've seen, because I've gone through some of the reviews that I've seen um, and 
all I see is the, the captured footage that these reviewers have gotten, which is them trying to run as fast as they possibly can <laughs> from one area to the other and use as many things as quickly as possible and trying to get speed down. You, you get barely any likes for speed in this game at all. And likes, of course, uh, if, if somebody's only just jumping into the game now, uh, which you shouldn't be listening to this <laughs> if you are. But uh, it, the currency in the game is likes. And we'll probably get into the themes of the game a little bit later on because oh, I think the it's themes are incredibly important, I think, <laughs> in terms of the game. Overbearing theme. So, yeah. you, so you play Norman Reedus is your avatar. He's Sam Porter Bridges. Mm-hmm. It's set in the future. He's a courier. Yeah. In this, basically, the world has been destroyed, or at least kind of almost destroyed, by an event called the Death Stranding. Uh, I think there's been like four or five different versions of it, or something. And mm-hmm. the whole thing is just desolate. It looks shockingly like uh, Iceland. It, it is Iceland. <laughs> because this, it, this is total bullshit. Like people are like, <laughs> is this supposed to be America? There was theories of was like, was it on the moon? Because Mads Mikkelsen kind of mentions that one day he's going to be able to go to the moon and stuff. Uh, and it's fucking Iceland. Like it's if 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 anyone is listening who's been to Iceland, you will like completely recognize it in the game. There is entire areas that look exactly like, say, Vik, the volcanic. Black Beach down in the south, anywhere around the airport near Reykjavik is this like kind of volcanic stony areas. There's uh, literal volcanoes in Iceland and there's volcanic areas in this game. Um, There's these beautiful green like kind of areas where all the kind of the Icelandic ponies are like in kind of deeper into the middle of the the, um, area. And then, of course, there's snow up all along the mountains. It is piece by piece I guarantee you and like this is like like Hideo Kojima and a lot of the development did actually go to Iceland it's in the credits yeah. it's in the credits um, and also came across Low Roar there which of course is like <laughs> we took the entire discography of Low Roar and I stuck mean, it into this game which, the music I mean, in this game is interesting as well yeah it's like because you're walking along in this like to be fair immaculate like it looks incredible it's gorgeous I think for you it must have been quite thrilling because you're probably like I've done this I've been it's, it's absolutely gorgeous like it is an incredibly uniquely looking absolutely gorgeous it's weird because like it's it's dour like the the tonal palette is mostly kind of gray and black Mm -hmm. i think jim sterling in particular was like i hate this world i just think it's boring and i don't like it i loved the world i loved it i loved the world like that's what that's what kept making me come back to it was i enjoyed walking around now to be fair i did do a bit of speed to do a bit of running you know like because there are times when you're just like oh for the love of god i have to deliver this fucking package (laughs) i just want to move the story on please like it's fetch quest the game you know i mean that's kind of what it is yeah but there's there's a couple of things that are like absolutely wonderful about it if we want to go into the open world well, before idea, we go into right? the open world maybe like low roar so like there's music in the soundtrack and you're walking along and essentially every now and then you'll hear something like this is amazing when that happens right it's like beautiful and epic and swelling and class yeah but then you might not get one of those again for another like four hours and that also kind of works in its favor i think but the weird thing was that like every now and then like it's on with one and i'm like oh class can't wait to hear who else is on the oh it's low roar again yeah okay yeah, yeah low roar is like a guy it's an american bloke who it lives in iceland i think to me while i enjoyed the music i think it works in the game 
I couldn't escape the fact that it was kind of diet cigarettes a lot of the time. And also I just wanted more. Like, give me more artists. Give me yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, it feels more synthesized than the cigarettes stuff. It's uh, good. It's not bad. And, and there is there is something also to be said for um, uh, the fact that there's so much of his music in it really puts a stamp on the game. You know what I mean? Like, because when his vocal comes over, you're just like, oh, this actually does feel. Now, I presume that he had written a load of stuff for it. But then if you go into Laura's like, Spotify, it's all there, yeah, literally don't. every single... <laughs> see, but see, that's why it annoyed me. Because I was yeah. like, if, if, you're, if you're creating a soundtrack, because he also has Ludwig Forsell do a score, which yeah, is also, which pretty is also good. really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was just kind of like, again, I couldn't help but like, be like, oh man, what if like about today by the national game on now <laughs> as i'm going over this mountain i'd be like that'd yeah, be the greatest yeah. thing ever yeah and because there was that lack of variety which also to me fills into the gameplay where like i'm surprised the game hasn't been dinged more for having kind of a fallout 76 thing going on where there's fuck all characters walking around the landscape i mean i know it's explained as like hey yeah. there was a cataclysmic event but like surely there's apart from people living in shelters who you go to surely there's people walking around sometimes no it's just like enemy porters and that's pretty much it uh, i disagree with that like because i think i think in general like sam porter bridges was to be this legendary guy who's the only <laughs> person who can handle it and don't forget like i mean you you've played the game when you don't have bb with you see it's trying to see like the death stranding like to trying to see what, what's the name of the, the enemies bts bts that's beach right. things trying to see beach things ghosts, trying to see bts uh yeah Trying to see BTs without your BB is like impossible. Yeah, the so, baby like, being the baby that you have attached to your. I mean, yeah, like the trying, baby trying to in the incubator like. that you have, uh, who is the baby from a still mother who has a connection between the. This is going to be really difficult to try and like talk about now the actual storyline. Sure, stuff. like if you've seen even like if you read like the Wikipedia summary and stuff, there's like a three paragraph intro. Yeah. Like there's just so many ideas in the game. I mean, there's so many ideas in the game, and I just wonder if at times. It makes the wrong choices because, like, some people have also said that oh, the game doesn't get good until like fifteen hours in, which is kind of true in a way. And I disagree as well. I mean, like, I, but I, <laughs> I did enjoy, I did enjoy feeling my way around the world. Like I, said, I mean, the, I, the opening itself is excellent. I the think. opening is great. If we could start at the start, like the opening is incredible. Like, it has a bit of a weird stuff. Like, I mean, there's crows all over the place, and there's not a single crow in the game from then on. But, uh, but like the opening, like the way they introduce you to Sam Porter Bridges and another character who's one of my favorites, which is Fragile. The the way they introduce them and the way they introduce this world and the fact that the rain is really really dangerous is the incredibly well done the time fall the time fall fast forwards whatever it touches but it can't wash everything away the past just won't let go I'll see you around Sam Porter Bridges It um, ages you if it touches you, basically. Yeah, and then, and like, the, the feeling you get, which, like, again, like, and we should probably start working through this open world idea where, like, um, Fallout 3 is a perfect example of you come up out of the, the vault and suddenly the whole world is open to you and you can go in any direction. And that feeling does come through on the first, like, start of this game. Like, you, you're suddenly open up and you're on the side of a mountain. And, like, it's just like, oh, there's a little dot all the way over there, off you go. And, like... It's so open and so beautiful and so free. And like, I don't know, I was just so into it from the Fragile character is played by Leia Sado. People mm -hmm. might know her from Skyfall and various other movies. She's a very good actor. I mean, am I, am I recalling this opening scene correctly where like you're milling around on your motorbike and yeah. then she transports in, teleports in yeah. and you swerve to avoid her in mm -hmm. the... 
She's an ally. Why did she troll you like that? Why did she like get in the way? Well, you were fucking, maybe she didn't even realize you were there because you were flew over the whole, <laughs> like a jump, right? And then you lost the... The bike goes over a cliff. The bike goes over a cliff. And you don't get a vehicle in the game for about 10 hours after that, yeah. probably. And again, it's all about like teaching you patience and teaching you to be like whatever. And I, I've seen, again, I know the Giant Bomb guys hate this game and people were like, wait, hang on, like my boots fucking erode yeah your boots, boots erode over time it's not that big of a deal my problem with the game was more of a head stop start it could be where like the amount of menus you have to cycle through the amount of animations you have to cycle through when you're like chilling out in the private room he, yeah he has such a weird understanding of how menus pacing. should be designed yeah, like, yeah. it's so confusing and like there's there's certain really good parts about it which is basically you're like okay cool i've got to get this package from here to here i can look at the map at any time and i need to figure out what I need for this journey. So do I need another pair of boots? Do I need like a rope to, to like traverse to go down like a mountain? Or do I need a ladder to go up? I never or, use ladders or ropes. Only if, really? they were, only if they're already there. I never but did So, so own, yeah. did you get into the... So the other thing this game does really well is it connects you with other players without... It's it's a perfect system for no for not trolling other players basically <laughs> because it's like you are encouraged to help other people and other people are encouraged to help you and like that's that's the, so the second half of my enjoyment of the game uh, and so I'm whatever I've I've nearly finished sixty hours now um, so like half of that I would say was building um, motorways so that other people could drive from one area to another or um, currently what I'm doing is so I finished the game and I'm back into the game now again and I'm making zip lines from every single port so like I can literally jump on a zip line from one side to another but like how is that how is that delineated because like how come your road isn't in my version of the game so I think what happens at the start is they insert you into a group of uh, I think it's like I think it's 5,000 players or something like that. Okay. And then you stick with those for a certain period of time or whatever. So uh, obviously because if you put every single person in the game, it would overload. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they'd be just waiting to be laid. And it'd be, be all like, done for you. Bridges well, everywhere yeah. and everything. Um, but yeah, and like uh, there's, there's some, some of the systems that make the world really interesting is, so one problem that, that we have with kind of open worlds at the moment is that like I, I tend to go into an open world in a, in a video game and like I don't know it as well as I used to know, say like Grand Theft Auto or like um, or something like that. You know, like there was there was games when I was younger that you would play for long periods of time and you would start to know the streets. Saying Grand Theft Auto is a perfect example of it. And then there's like games now where like um, fast travel has obviously become such a massive thing. And Death Stranding does an amazing thing where instead of having um, fast travel just being able to move from one spot to another, they insert just this little caveat that suddenly makes it like almost unusable but is an option at certain points which is basically yeah you can fast travel from one area to another but you can't bring anything with you that's great and yeah. it's such a good game design because it's like i barely use that fast travel i, I barely used use it, it once well, yeah. i used like, it like once twice yeah, yeah and it and it's an option like you could totally do it but just the idea that like uh, you would lose everything or like have to leave it in a certain area it just doesn't lend itself. And then the other big thing is, um, so nowadays if you're playing in a big open world in a city or something like that, there is a little dot telling you exactly where to go at all times. Red Dead Redemption has been quite guilty of this where basically they will tell you where to go and give you a path and if you stray off that path at any time, it's fucking game over. Whereas this game, 
lets you make your own path, like literally just lets you go like, okay, A1, A2, A3, A4, and you can plot out your your route, but you have to do it yourself. And that forces you to kind of really get to know the area and where you're going. And you can see where you've traveled before and you can see how easy or how difficult it was. And that means that you just start to get, slowly start to get an understanding of the world until now, like when I'm, now that I finished the game, and one of the reasons why I think it's absolutely brilliant is I know every area in my head. I know every mountain on the side. I know every travel. I know like if I was going from one to another off the top of my head I could tell you how it would go and like that means that they've built a world that is real to me like like I understand it and I, f- I feel it like I, I know it in my head and like that's I haven't felt that way since you know Grand Theft Auto San Andreas like you know that's fucking huge yeah. uh, there are moments yeah there are moments where I found myself running down a certain kind of cliffside and I was like oh no hang on I recognize that jump. I recognize that there's a mule camp up ahead here. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm in like bad guy territory and I just want to get to the, oh no, and I'm not properly equipped for it. Yeah. Because I remember a lot of people talking about Red Dead last year and saying stuff like, God help you if you go into a mission and you didn't bring the right things with you. And I was like, I never really found that was a thing. I found that you could easily kind of go back or like acquire whatever you needed. There were moments in this game when I'd be like so far out and be like, oh, fuck, I don't have container repair spray or I don't have... Uh, a, a grenade or like mm-hmm. like, and I'm about to go into a battle over here not a battle because it's not really a combat game but there are moments but there were times when that happened and I've never felt more vulnerable in a video game yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just like fuck I, I completely screwed this up so the game holds your hand in a ton of respects but doesn't I think yeah I agree in, in the most yeah. important ones and, you. and you, out of that out of being out of um, gear a lot of the time and stuff is so finite uh, it lends itself to emergent gameplay which is like a massively it's important thing, in the thing last ever, yeah. emergent gameplay which is basically where um, the game doesn't show you how to do something or tell you how to do something but something happens to you in the game because of the way the world is built so say for instance one thing that happened to me was i was going through an area something unique mules, specifically something unique yeah. so that like not that the game designed itself but something unique that happened to me so i was like going through an area um and i had gone through a bt area so i used up all my hermetic grenades and i didn't have any guns with me because i didn't think i'd be going any farther um and i got as far as the mules in the area um, and all I had was um, an assault rifle, which I had had gotten from some story mission beforehand, and like it had like lethal rounds. And like, have you used the lethal rounds in Death Stranding? I know that if you the mules, by the way, are like they're also kind of they're people who basically yeah come. they're like rogue deliverers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so weird. So these guys who wear yellow. And they comb the landscape and like they're obsessed with uh, cargo. They're obsessed yeah, with like... Yeah, so they try and take your cargo basically. Yeah, it's basically like Mad Max kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, they have trucks and they're fucking dangerous. And if and you like, don't, if, if you're not carrying anything, they can't track you. Yeah, But if you're exactly, carrying yeah. even one item, they can scan you. Yeah. And then they come legging it after you and it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, and um, you can do stuff like you can t- t- tie them up with your rope. You can sneak up behind them and stuff. Yeah. And they often have a load of stuff in their little base areas that can be really, really valuable. But I know, yeah, well, it's like if you kill them, they turn into BTs or something. Yeah, so if you kill them and they you leave them there, true to the <laughs> lore, like they will turn into BTs. So suddenly that entire area will become a BT area. <laughs> so like suddenly I kill one of these guys and sneak past them. And within the space of like five minutes, like... It, another BT area has just arrived where I am <laughs> and it was I was like oh my fucking god the BT areas are the stealth areas of the game essentially and they yeah. can be 
like it's effective and it can be actually at times it can be legitimately frightening and stuff. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere is great quite well. Yeah. But there are other times when you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, they're I just re- want to quite drive difficult, from like, one yeah. A to B, please, but the game's stopping me again. And, and as you get on through the game, like, I mean, it becomes easier. Like, I mean, having hermetic grenades on you is like the real valuable thing because you can take them out one at a time as you go through them. Yeah. Um, but again, it just forces you to not rush. Like, you have to take your time through the whole thing. But then it's like, it's really beautiful then as well because there's like, in most games, when it rains, you're just like, oh, that looks nice. This is cool. But when rain comes into this game, it's like it's like rain in real life. You're like, for fuck's sake. Like, it's like, <laughs> shit, the rain is coming. Like, what am I going to do? And you're actually literally scrambling for yeah, a dry totally, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's magic. Like, that's yeah, so cool. Because the rain, like, like ruins your equipment uh, and also attracts BTs, yeah. essentially. The, like- the game that I, w- I would compare it to the most and one of my favorite games is Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is a similar thing because if a storm rolls in and you have, like, a metal sword on your back, you're going to get electrocuted. So like you're literally, it's the same thing again. Like it, it breathes life into this like world and like, yeah, there's a lack of other characters walking around, but the real character is the world itself, which is magic. Like I think it's absolutely incredible. I think it's beautiful. Nobody wants a president who acts like they're immortal. And if you're not scared of death, how can you value life? And life is pretty fucking fragile right now. And yeah, the old ways die hard. But that's what's going to have to happen if we're going to come together and build a better America. That gun won't help you here. That's her words, not mine. Let's talk about the story. So as we say, Sam is a porter slash courier, whatever. Mm-hmm. He works for this kind of conglomerate company uh, the United, uh, like in the United Cities of America. Like it's all these outposts and they want Sam to be the one guy who will go to all of the places and unite them all, get them all into the same kind of corporation. Connect them up to a broadband, the chiral network basically. Yeah, broadband. <laughs> yeah, and the way they expl- explain how fast the broadband is, is <laughs> the broadband cuts through the beach, which is basically a bit like purgatory, I guess, yeah, or limbo, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and basically time stops there. So you can move a huge amount of stuff through this chiral network at at a very fast speed because the data goes through the beach and then comes out the other end and no time has passed. So you can, you can move huge amounts of data and then uh, you can 3D print stuff, for instance, uh, in your bunker uh, that you wouldn't be able to do before with like the super fast internet. Kind of yeah, thing. and some people are skeptical. People are like, you know, class, I'm, I'm so happy to be part of the team. And the whole thing is about you going from coast to coast in whatever is left of America. Mm-hmm. Directed by uh, cast of characters who are all kind of very wacky. You've got yeah. Die Hard Man. Die Hard Man. Who is effectively your boss, essentially. He's a guy who wears a face mask. Tommy Earl Jenkins. He looks evil, but isn't. Uh, he's actually quite friendly, but also very kind of, I guess, just... Or de- is he? Or is he? Or is he? <laughs> uh, you got uh, Heart Man. Who- Heart Man, who, uh, whose family died. Uh, and uh, as they were dying, he was having a heart operation um, <laughs> because he he has a heart shaped heart, like an actual like a goofy like yeah, yeah, yeah. like Valentine's Day heart shape, <laughs> cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so he lost his family, but realizes that there's he thinks they're still on the beach, so he wants to go and die with his family. So he goes into cardiac arrest. He forces himself into cardiac arrest every twenty one minutes. Every twenty one minutes for three minutes. So that he can search for his family on the beach, which is a, which is a story of its own. Like, that's a great. It's amazing. Story. And his he, digs, his his fucking apartment. Oh, his golf yeah. is amazing. Yeah, when I you mean, get there, his uh, his 
appearance is the Danish director, Nicholas Windengrafen, <laughs> who made Drive and is a controversialist, but he's a different voice actor. Similar with Guillermo del Toro, yeah. whose appearance is who used is dead for, man, for Dead Man. Who is 70% dead bodies. And is basically like the technician of the game who tells you all about the BTs and stuff. And he's voiced by a different guy because I guess Guillermo and Nicholas were too busy. And that kind of took me out of it a little bit because the guy's doing a Guillermo del Toro impression, but the other guy's just doing an English accent and it just kind of feels weird because I know the guys so well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, we have Margaret Qualley, who was in The Leftovers and Kiss... Oh, no, sorry, not Kiss, Kiss, My Man. She was in The Nice Guys. And, of course, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hollywood this year. Yeah. She plays a set of characters, which yeah. are ridiculous. Malachna and Lachna? It's Malag- Malagna? Malagnan. Malagnan and Lachna. Mama and... Sisters, and, basically. Yeah. We're doing spoilers here. Um, yeah, and, of course, you got Big Mads Mikkelsen as well, who I think is the best actor in the world. I'm a huge, huge fan of him. Uh, his character is this kind of spectral ghostly figure who pops up here and there and is very connected to the story. And the more you play it, the more you find out. I loved his stuff in the game. Yeah. Sam, you bring people together. You are their bridge to the future. Come on, Sam. Stand up. So basically Sam traverses through this whole world and like, you know, you kind of feel like you're just being a dog's body. Obviously you're connected to a bigger thing. Sam's a bit of a cipher. He's a bit of, he's a taciturn soul. I think Norman Reedus does a good job, but like... I mean, what what, what Sam Porter Bridges essentially is like a very similar character, Solid Snake, essentially. Like yes. a gruff, manly man who doesn't <laughs> say much, who just listens and is, is per, incredible. You're a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like yeah. everyone you go to in the first section of the game are like, whoa, it's you. Whoa, it's like, you. I can't you, believe like, it. Like, yeah, exactly. You're the best delivery man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, And that's what the game is, folks. It's your delivery. Yeah, and I mean, this is it's a classic Kojima thing as well, where all the characters are there to serve like um, a purpose for each one. So like Mads Mikkelsen is like he's a father, like he's a, a ghost father and that's all he is. You know what I mean? And then like Hartman <laughs> is like a like mega tech guy with some weird lore in the back and stuff and you know there's they're not like they're all devices they're yeah. all very divisive yeah exactly but all like um, to be fair like, that, that's, yeah like metal gear has always been the way yeah exactly so i mean as the story progresses it takes quite a while for it to come together i mean my kind of to knock the game a bit here because I, I i i like even talking to you now i'm definitely like finding myself thinking more about it. and i was always thinking about it i mean i was always like dude like i've been thinking about this game when i've been like out in the rain myself yeah yeah and when i've been like carrying stuff on my back as a man who carries flight cases around and sets them up in different venues around the country. <laughs> like, I am like, I keep opening my boot going like, what the fuck? Like, if only I had like a kind of a backpack that I could put everything on and attach to my back. It'd be yeah. amazing. Uh, we didn't and I'd know. walk to Galway. It'd be great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like, uh, the story is is convoluted as you might expect. He it's, lost the run of himself. Like he completely <laughs> lost the run of himself. Of course like. he has it. Well, see, this is like, he'd free reign on this one. So he like no editor. Yeah. I really think the guy needs to work with an editor. So, but, but there's, and there's all this amazing, like, you know, the lore is actually quite interesting and stuff. Now, there's yeah, obviously, We didn't like, mention Higgs. Yeah, so Higgs is um, Nathan Bracker. Bracker Troy, Troy Baker, Baker. Troy Baker. Who's a very famous video game yeah, voice uh, actor. Nathan Drake. And they use his... Uh, he's in Bioshock Infinite. He's in tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. They actually use his likeness for this character who also hides behind a kind of a skull mask and yeah. looks shit cool. Like, Kojima's always realized really cool-looking villains alongside uh, yeah. Yoji Shinkawa, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, his, mm-hmm. his, his art director 
And, and this guy, of course, is like up there with the best of them. And he's just a monologuing prick villain. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Because he's yeah, yeah. so wrestling heel. Like he just shows up to get in your way and be he, a dickhead. He has, he has a couple of amazing, amazing moments. Like uh, we can't get too much into it, but basically the... Uh, a lot of the characters have this thing called dooms, which is basically uh, where they can sense the BTs, but are also kind of a key to the the end of the world, basically. But at one point, he just like shouts at Sam Porter Bridges, like, "We have dooms, Sam! We have dooms!" <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a hell of a performance. He's clearly like chewing the scenery. Let's have a little taste of what Higgs sounds like in this game. There's no stopping the sixth extinction. No matter what you me or anybody else does humanity has a few hundred thousand years left tops why don't we just cut to the chase accept our fate let the creatures before us we all know what's coming why delay the inevitable those of us with dooms her we're all bound here for a reason we are all of us a part of the death stream. So yeah, he's a fun character and he's kind of your main antagonist, but then throughout the story, the man's Mikkelsen character keeps popping up and effectively he gives you the most elaborate kind of boss battles of the game where you you first encounter him in the form of him as like he's like he's presented as this combat soldier. Meanwhile, every time you you rest in the game and you plug back in your your BB you get these flashbacks, which are very clearly from the point of view of the baby in his amniotic fluid chamber. And Mads Mikkelsen is in front of you the whole time. And it's kind of like, it's very like, you mentioned Fallout 3, it's very like Liam Neeson in those opening yeah, scenes of Fallout. Like, like, wow, what kind of, what kind of child are you? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Your boy. Or it's it? weird, the Christmas one is super strange. The ho, 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 ho. <laughs> and then he's like, gets his like, his, his uh, like, his wife who's pretty much dead and gets her like a beanie and he's like you always like beanies <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking I love how like we're finding this so hard to be on any kind of through line because the story is so all over the gaff I guess if you're doing like a chronological thing in this game uh, like it's a mystery with him you're like well he's clearly connected to the BB who is he and yeah you see him in what appears to be some kind of hospital room there's a woman in there mm-hmm. transpires that you know he was a soldier and ultimately he came back from the war or whatever. He's actually a good guy. Yeah. He's presented to you in these kind of arcane combat sequences in World War One, World War Two, and Vietnam, which to me were some of the most effective parts of the game. Amazing set pieces. Like Brilliant. if you want to talk about like a really good video game set piece. And like, legitimately stressful. Vietnam to play. particularly I thought was excellent. And yeah. World War Two was always like really, really good. And there were times when I was like, Why isn't this the game? You know? I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this could be a game. The whole yeah. Mads thing can be its own They game. do such a good job of this kind of thing where you're kind of dropped into this world out of your control and it's just chaos, like the, the real chaos of war. Like, um, it's amazing. Like, it's really, really good. Yeah, which is something that Kojima has always been attracted to. So the Mads Mikkelsen character effectively is like the weird kind of dark heartbeat of this of this storyline. And it turns out, like, you know, he's a character that's connected to everybody else in the game. Uh, he was kind of fucked over. He's not as villainous as he might first appear. Um, I mean, it's not that I'm not spoiling it. I just, you know, it would take me about 10 minutes to explain the whole thing. But ultimately his character I honestly legitimately not just because I'm a huge Mads fan which I am 
I thought he was fucking incredible. It, it, what he really does... he's acting in a video game, and I was like, this is Oscar nomination yeah. worthy? Like, it's a wonderful performance. And by the end of his, his arc, I was like, that is so satisfying. He acted it fucking perfectly. Like, it was the one thing in the game that I got emotional about. He really leaned into it in a really, really good way. And, you know, I mean, aside from Mads Mikkelsen being such a good actor as well, it really showcases the engine, which is the um, Horizon Zero Dawn engine. Um, yeah, the Decima engine, is that what Decima engine, yeah. So Horizon Zero Dawn was, the, I think, the first game that the creators of Killzone made with this engine and uh, when Hideo Kojima started his production company they gave him the engine for free just like handed it over to this legend of the of the genre or whatever <laughs> um, but it, like it, it is genuinely absolutely incredible and like oh he's you know, photorealistic like yeah and it, throughout the game I think like the perform like it's one of the first times that I've really seen you can actually have like a real like star-studded actor cast in a video game and actually see their performances come through super, super strongly as opposed to just with voice beforehand, you know? I mean, this this looks... There's more emotion built up in this than, than there will be in Last of Us or something like that. Now we'll see what the new one is like. But um, I think, like, the performances... The, the actors really, really get to show, like why they are famous actors, do you know what I mean? Like, as opposed to anything else. You know? Yeah, I think some were maybe prioritised more than others. I mean, okay, let's talk about the indulgences then, because, like... Yeah. Well, okay, so you're pretty much a big fan of this game, I, I can tell. It's pretty, uh, you know... Yeah. And, and they're, like, I do find myself thinking a lot about it. I wonder if I'll go back to it, and I do. Even now, I'm like, I wouldn't mind going for a little walk around in that world right now. However, uh, you know, as you kind of allude to, Kojima is totally... You said lost the run of himself. It completely loses what the run of himself. What do you mean himself. by that? So, like, yeah, he... One of the really interesting things about the game is is that one of the, like the pretty much I think the only collectible in the world, which is something that's like just in the world that you can pick up over time, are these things called memory chips. And it starts becoming apparent when you collect a few of them that you start to realize that they're um, uh, they're basically Hideo Kojima's uh, influences for the entire game. Because if you look at each one, they're like they're like there's like music and books and comic books and films and shorts and all this stuff that are in the memory chips and suddenly like if you start going through them you start seeing that it's like oh like there's russian novelists here who have like stories about like you know um the end of the world or like what you do in the afterlife and stuff like that and it's all like fiction and you start seeing that like and most people would say that that Hideo Kojima is is obsessed with films and obsessed with how fiction works oh he's obsessed with western culture yeah yeah so like he and he leans all of those influences into this big pot called Death Stranding and just like spins it and spins it and spins it and spins it <laughs> until eventually it doesn't make any sense. And like a lot, like a lot of his games, he's like, he's like, oh, well, I want to say, I want to reference this and this and this. And now I want to add this extra piece in. Okay, shit. Now I need something to explain all the stuff in some way because there's like massive plot holes here. So like in Metal Gear Solid, it was nanomachines. In this, it's the word chiral. Like in any, like anything that's like, doesn't make any sense it's just like oh well that'd be the chiral network i'd say <laughs> like that's that's completely it and then like towards the end then he has to do the thing which basically metal gear solid 5 was an entire practice of of wrapping up a four game story like death stranding is like that times 10 and then he has to wrap it up at the end of the game so like <laughs> like a couple of days uh, a couple of days ago probably oh, a week so ago it's so funny hang on let, let me actually find my messages this was i i loved this so, yeah so your general like this was 
on, go on. So your general, like, um, your general aim throughout the game of, as an overriding thing is to basically connect America with this chiral network. So you're working from one side of America to the other. And I have been working tirelessly through this thing. I'm about like 30 hours in. I'm like, this is fucking great. Like at like hour 40, it'll be good. Um, I'll be able to finish up and stuff. So I get to the last the last point that I'm supposed to connect this chiral network to. So I was like, oh, this is going to be lovely now. So I'm going to like... <laughs> going I, to like got, <laughs> I got a message on, I think it was like a Tuesday night or something. <laughs> so about a week before we recorded this podcast. Yeah. And I got a message from you at 1754. <laughs> and it was a photograph. And again, keep in mind, this is a spoiler cast, so I can go into some, some stuff here, even though there's not too much. But like... It's a photograph of you, a photograph of you holding up a glass of whiskey, and in the background is Sam Porter Bridge is about to have a shower because you'll do that a lot in this game as well. And you said celebrate and reaching the final knot, nearly done! Exclamation mark! <laughs> like the, the, the wonderful hope in this. And then you went, at least I think so. I'm not actually sure. Uh, and then like, <laughs> smash cut to <laughs> half eleven. Right? <laughs> this is this is. Five hours later, five and a half hours later, five and a half hours, five and a half hours, five and a half hours later, Doc, he messages me and goes, not to spoil anything, but it's still fucking going. <laughs> then five hours later, cut to an hour after that. Yeah. The credits rolled about 45 minutes ago, right? But it's still going. Because he does a fucking credits thing and then it keeps going and suddenly Sorry. there's so much more exposition. Then, then I got a message at 1.42 a.m. <laughs> saying, finally... <laughs> It's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. And it's, and it's, it's fucking insane. So this is like, this will probably be the most spoilery part of the podcast, but like yeah, basically, on. so like you connect the, the knot and then there's like a massive, huge boss battle. Then there's like the kind of what, what most people would kind of expect is that like, oh, this wasn't actually the real villain all along. There's somebody else. And then like it cuts back in and there's like a whole kind of, um, separate thing and then and then basically you get through this this area which should be the end of the game if he had like wrapped wrapped everything up properly and you had everything or if he had just given us like which i think this game could do with is basically like podcasts in the game which is basically all this shit that happens like and everybody talking to you should be just like podcasts that you can put on while you're walking from one area to another that would have been wouldn't that be amazing uh, why didn't they do that, that right or, or even just give me a fucking ipod like that fucking perfect, Metal Gear yeah, Solid. you're literally walking around all the time yeah so you could be listening to it as, like as I was doing because that's how I play this game with a podcast on and then playing it anyway so then you get to that Hang right on, sorry you were listening to a podcast about this game no 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 it like normal podcasts oh, right, while sorry, I was playing yeah. so like outside the game or whatever while playing this game yeah yeah oh absolutely. I mean like I, to be fair I mostly like headphones on walking around in the world like listening to the kind of the rain and yada, so this, the, yeah I mean I obviously didn't do it all the time but it was like you gotta immerse ones. yourself man but when I was connecting like when I was building the roads and stuff yeah it's quite tedious and like there's no kind of like because you're you're just bringing a truck from and one end back to the and other. Forth, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, so, then, so then it gets to that point, and then you come back into the world again after the kind of the part where it should be the end of the game, uh, and and uh, you get back into your kind of your your bunker, and uh, all the characters are like, "Hey, we're back at the start, the very <laughs> first part of the game, like the very first thing." We want you to walk all the way back throughout the entire world. Like, off you go. I couldn't believe they did that. And I was, I was like, like, holy shit. Fuck. And like, in fairness now, like, I mean, it kind of, it was. It's, it's epic as fuck. Though, it, yeah, so it like, is. And it's like, you know, I, then I was like, because I got a bike then, because there was other characters who had left stuff around for you, which was like, I was like, yes, the fucking players are helping everybody out. And then you're like, dr- I'm driving along the coast, which I had never done before. That was and cool. Like, yeah, it does Came same. down yeah. and like. The world is like obviously like the, like there's way more BTS. There's oh, and new the color stuff. palette has changed 
as well. Where yeah, it becomes like, this like big green dark it's, it's storm. It's like a nightmare. Yeah, and it becomes really epic. And then, it, like, I mean, you can't build anything anymore. So it's it it is quite good because it's like okay, now you use all the skills that you've learned, which is a really good like normal kind of gaming thing that they do. But it was like it, extremely long and gets quite difficult towards the end. Like the the very end part is like it's really difficult. Like I died three or four times, and like I was like Jesus, and like it brings you back to stuff and everything. I found it really difficult. And then there's an there's another boss then with this massive whale which wasn't actually that difficult, but was like really good looking. It I think like, it's meant to be a time-consuming thing. Yeah. I didn't yeah, die yeah. during that either. At first, you're like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, I must have to get it in its mouth or something. And like, But ultimately, it was like, no, you can just plug away it's like a, for a it's like a Yeah, it's like a time sink, basically. Yeah, he's um, a bullet sponge. Just yeah, comes. and then... But it's deliberate. It's, it's, meant to, it's meant to be in your way. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like the ending ending, <laughs> which is like basically... You've you found out who's behind it all at the end, and you've you've the worst character in the game, <laughs> the, the fucking red lady. We haven't mentioned her at all, but basically, like at the start of the game, Sam's mother, who is the president of the United States of America, dies, <laughs> and there's talk of like you know get on go go back to your beach and find her, Sam. There's a character called Amelie, as he was calling her. Yeah. And right now, listen, we've talked about this. Like, I've missed a couple of things here and there playing this game. Like just like one thing, one one line of dialogue that can be hugely yeah. important. I played this game for pretty much the majority, thinking they were lovers. <laughs> They're sisters. They're brother and it's sister. Brother and, sister. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, because I was like, man, these guys have no chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> this is like really bad. And then it makes a bit more sense. But to be fair, do you ever just like look at a character or hear a character's voice or the design or something? Yeah. Straight away with this character, I was like, I'm not into this. And well, then she's, work, like. she's got way too much of a, of a presence in this game. She basically turned out to be the fucking big bad. She's not just your uh, adopted sister, who it turns out never existed at all, but was yeah. in fact a split personality manifestation. It's your mother on the beach, like the soul of your mother. And on the, the physical beach, form. Right? And ultimately, but uh, uh, what, what they all uh, add up then, to is an extinction entity. Yeah, the extinction entity thing, like when, so when you get the game is just trying, a before the story's that. just trying way that, too much. That's one of the main points where I was like, all right, okay, he's he's fucking lost he's it He's lost now. it here, yeah. Because it, it, was, it was like, they show you a picture of a mammoth, like with a fucking, like a um, umbilical cord. And they're like, that ended the world there a while ago. Like, it's like serious <laughs> shit. And there's been five of them now or whatever. And it's just like, what are you talking about? It's like fucking, I, like cavemen in the ice. And it's like, that let it finish I will the say on that note, by the way, because at the very start of the game, and because it was the very start, and then going back to the very end, I kind of forgot about it. There is an image of like Sam on a beach looking up into like a very gray sky. And yeah. on it, there's five yeah. floating figures. And there's never a zoom in on them. It's like five floating figures, like individualistic things. Again, very reminiscent of Metal Gear Solid bosses. That's what I was going to say. In Metal Gear Solid, it would be five bosses that you have to go through. Exactly. And in this game, it isn't. You never actually see them again, ever. You only see them at the start, you only see them at the end. And I guess they're meant to be like a manifestation of the five previous nuclear attacks, essentially, which kind of almost ruined the world. I I think that's what they're meant to be. However, like, that to me was a, a really compelling image. I was like, that's nightmarish. That's genuinely scary. Yeah. Like you watching Annihilation, did not getting scared by that movie. <laughs> uh, but that's to me, I was like, that's haunting. That's that that's powerful. Part of me really wanted them to be a thing, and then another part of me is like, I'm okay that they're not. There's enough ambiguity there. But the problem is that like the mother of all of these things, literally the mother of all these things, yeah. is this terrible character who is worse than like fucking like you know any 
pontificating boss in the Metal Gear series that just does not yeah. stop talking. Because you get the end credit sequence where you can't advance for like half an hour as the credits roll and you're in purgatory. And that was a really annoying part and for Sam, me. I got just, really annoyed. And he's like and a grey Sam. And like, it's a lecture and it's about nothing. It's about but, nothing. But the weird thing about that is, and like what's kind of really an, an annoyed me is that I can't, I can't see a Death Stranding 2 and if they were trying to make a Death Stranding 2 with the elements that they threw in at the end, they could have made an amazing Death Stranding 2 based off those, the five extinction entities thing. Because then suddenly, like, you have the thing that Metal Gear always had, which was like, you know, towards the end, there's like some sort of suggestion that something else is going on or whatever. And then you could have ended up and you find out why, like, everything's happening and this Last Stranding stuff and, like, if they had set that up then and then you have a Death Stranding 2 with those like five characters and her and like that's such a Metal Gear Solid 2 thing compared to a Metal Gear Solid 1, you know? So it almost makes me feel like at the end of this cycle he had decided that he had to wrap up an entire series worth of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think we're getting another one of these. It doesn't feel like it at and all, I'm okay right? with that. I mean, I, like sometimes, you know, make a good standalone thing. Yeah. And like it doesn't fail in, in that regards with the story, I just didn't care. Anytime she was on the screen, especially the it end. It does of, fail. It, like, it really fails? Does. Yeah, I mean, and like, you know, like the I thing mean, is, is me, that like... Because to me, a failure is like, if you if you cut to the fucking credits and it's a failure, and I didn't feel that with this. When it cuts to the credits, I was like, that's a good ending. Yeah, but but it was only because of the, the Mads part and the reveal that... Uh, he's your daddy. He's your dad, and you've it's been your memories the whole time, which yeah. is actually quite good. Like you saw that coming, though, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. But like, but you see, that makes sense and stuff. But the extension entity stuff was just too big for this game. It I is, think. yeah, I agree. It, it, yeah, because it kind of it isn't fully developed. And yeah, then, and, and it's, it's like, just it's like like exposition after exposition after exposition, like yeah. just like continuous <laughs> loads of info that have no um, impact because somebody's just telling you these things that they found in the archives. Fucking archives are huge, by the way. As well. Speaking like, of telling you things, I mean, like, again, Kojima is doing his classic saying something with the game. Of course. He's making yeah. big statements. I mean, everything from, you know, like, it's all about connection, guys, to the fact that, like, your cufflinks, which is like your kind of phone as your communication yeah, device, yeah, yeah. Are hand your phone's a handcuff, man. <laughs> You're handcuffed to your phone. Oh, interesting, Kojima. What are you saying? Oh, society, eh? Uh, lots of that. Lots of heavy-handed stuff. But again, like you know, it's a Hideo Kojima game. Yeah, you go in expecting that. I'm, I'm not turned. I'm off. glad that all that. I'm not turned there. off by it. I'm like, yeah, it's like it's very heavy-handed. Um, and ultimately, it's all about you know, like you gotta let go. And like, there's the thing at the end where it's the most literal choice of all time, where she's like, well. We can either end the world together, and he's like, "Just watch it burn." It's like, yeah, you can yeah, end yeah. the world together, and like you know, or you or you can you can fight on if you want to, knowing that you can't stop the end of the world. The world ending, by the way, we're in a bit of trouble. Uh, we're all fucked, uh, but you can keep <laughs> going even though you know it's coming. And maybe you can find a way to just about get by. And I'm like, mm, is this about something? Mm. Is this about what's currently happening in the world? Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's like you know, that's what you do, and that's what it's about. And there's a noble fucking bullshit thing yeah and he, he succeeds more even though in, it's in really point. really like broadcasting it for the cheap seats, but again so. like he, ex- he he succeeds in that theme more in the gameplay than he does in the story though by a million miles like you think so yeah absolutely like like i was coming up to something and i'd get stuck somewhere and i'd see somebody had left a ladder and like i'd be like thank fuck this person's here and then you give them like likes or but whatever. don't worry you're getting a two-hour cutscene at the end too and, and like there was an amazing <laughs> make sure thing. that you understood that <laughs> yeah but but like also it was like uh so i built a lot of roads and stuff and then throughout the kind of the times like every so often it would come in and someone like, has used your road yeah and 
was like 7,000 likes. And I was like, <laughs> I'm so glad I used this fucking road. Like, it was such a good thing. You can't do anything with the likes, though, can you? Like, but he's advancing. Like, it op- so it opens up the current network. So right now... Uh, Does it? Uh, so what happens is... I thought there was going to be one of those things where like, hey, they don't mean anything good. Hey, guys, likes don't mean anything. No, no, no. So they they improve your connection with some of the not cities. Okay. Which there's another really weird thing that we never talked about, which was, remember when he was bringing the thing to put the city online at the end and it's actually one of the bridge babies yeah so apparently all the cities are powered by bridge babies okay which is grim grim like really grim yeah uh, i said to you last night like when i finally like because there's again two sets of credits here and like and like even when the second one happens you're like mm, is it is it over yet because like when the first one happens you're like oh cool and then there's like <laughs> still like another hour like to a gameplay like but like and it's it's like the Game of Thrones ending as well. It's like you know you talk to one. So Tommy Earl Jenkins or Tommy Earl Jenkins comes in and oh, he has gets this big Oscar amazing moment. Oscar moment of like bawling his eyes, it's so freaking funny. out, which actually yeah. becomes more powerful when you realize he's talking to Mads' son or whatever. The captain saved my life. You know why they call me Die Hardman? Because he wouldn't let me die. He brought my sorry ass back home every time. And I loved him as much as I loved her. That's but, really yeah like, yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like losing it and it's fucking amazing and then I, I like I can't atone for it I just can't yeah yeah and then like classic like Game of Thrones style then like you come out that door and then like uh, fucking die hard or Hartman is there, or uh, who's a dead man is there and then he's like well I've got all this stuff to tell you now it's the whole thing and then you're like okay cool and then another door's open you go through and then Fragile's there just like how are you getting on I'm yeah. gonna tell you everything <laughs> that I need to tell you right now before we finish did you also notice in that conversation with Die Hartman at the end where he gives him the gun yeah and he's yeah, like. Yeah. This won't help you. It's that, like that's my words, not her. Not you. Not <laughs> that's her words, not mine. But it's also like mm, guns don't help people. Okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Anything else, Hideo? Before we go, um, so the mad story resolves uh, again in, in a way that that is quite tragic, and you know it's incredibly melodramatic. Mm. But I really enjoyed it. I was like, yeah, it was fucking I was great. Like, like, this is what I need this to be. Like it's it's really effective. Maybe. We're getting out of here. I promise. Give me back my baby. Are you cut it hunger? There's times in this game where I wondered if it was tricking me, where I was like, is there a good ending and a bad ending? Have I made the wrong call here? Is it is it as linear as it, it seems? Because like you know, you go to like, you have to like incinerate the baby because the baby's dead at the yeah. end. And like, there was no other option. So I, was, I kept looking for the other option. Because really, yeah, yeah. they were like, because your mom was like, you can take your cuffs offline and just fuck off with the baby yeah, and yeah. give it a try. You can take it out of the end of its cage thing. But like, you know, you're breaking all the laws there, but who knows? Hey, look, the world's upside down as it is. Yeah. But then I was like, I can't do this. So all I can do is press this fucking button and hope that the game will, because then like there's yeah. the scene where the baby's about to go down. And I was like, oh no, for fuck's no. And then like he stopped him and I was like, Yes. <laughs> come on yes yes do it lads yes yeah, so then they walk out and then yeah the rain 
Yeah, but then his hood doesn't go up because the rain is no longer yeah the evil rain. So it is by doing that time action, falls, time falls done. Yeah, time falls done. Yeah, and and the other thing that I, I read on it's a, a Reddit ending. thread, which is quite interesting, is uh, which I didn't really cop while the the fucking hours of dialogue was going on. Is that like obviously the <laughs> death stranding was caused by bringing Sam back to life? Yes. Which is, that's mad. Like, you know, I hadn't realized that at all. So yeah. it really was. He's the opening yeah. and closing of it all. He's the opening and closing. Basically. It's like those elements I love. Those elements to me, I'm like, what I, what, what I thought about this was, this would make a fucking great film. This would make a great film or a great book. Mm. I, I mean, is it a great game? Do you think it's a great game? I think it's a brilliant game. Do you think it's a brilliant game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the people who think it's absolute garbage? I, I can totally understand where they're coming from because it, it's obviously not what they're looking for. But sure. like the, the best thing about this game by a million miles is the fact that um, AAA games right now are so safe. Like everything is so unbelievably safe. You can't make something that somebody might not like because they're so expensive to make. There's so many, so much people on the line in these studios and stuff. It's the equivalent of like a major label album. Oh, like yeah. you, you have to. Oh, the parallels to, to Kanye like, West on this right? game like, are insane. And the fact that like Kanye West, there's somebody out there who can, who has got a free leash, who has all the money in the world to do whatever they like to make something truly weird and like bizarre and something that somebody won't like. That that's so important. Like I think that's really really important. And despite all of its flaws, despite the weird story, like every time something like that happened, I was just like, I'm so glad that this exists. Like, and in the game, like I mean, I've had so much fun with this game over the last while. It has been an ultimate escape for me. Like, uh, it's come exactly when I need it. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely incredible. And I would uh, uh, like. I mean, you had that interview with Jape last week and Jape was like dying to sit into it. And he's, so, he's just started playing I it. I heard, I heard. Yeah. I would encourage any like artist of any like run like w- to absolutely sit down with I've had game. a couple of people, even after I tweeted about Dave, but a couple of people asked me, you know, should I play it? Like, or will I bother? Mm-hmm. And my reaction has been, no, no, do. I'm like, I think it has to be experienced. I, it feels like a Zeitgeist moment. It feels like a pop culture moment. It feels yeah. like... You know, whether you love it, whether you fucking despise it, you know, whether you throw it off after 10 hours and play Polarizing something else. stuff is great. Like, it yeah, should be like I mean, that. like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, it took me a while, especially with the story. I found the story very laborious and monotonous for quite some time because it is just going from outpost to outpost with very little agency of your own. And I know that's also kind of part of the point, but at the same time, it took a long time for stuff to kind of come in and click in. But the more it went on, like, especially every time Mad showed up, and I know it's not like I have a massive man crush on him. I do, <laughs> but that's not what this is about. It's just like, I think the character is really, really well fleshed out. Yeah. I think it's got a great look to it. I would lo- like say, one of the reasons why I say I'd love, okay, so I'm saying I'd love to see a film of this. If this was a film tomorrow, whether you were making it or whether it was made, what genre should it be? I think it's a horror movie. Yeah, it should be a horror film. Yeah. yeah, I think it's definitely a horror movie, and that's and the elements of of horror in this game when they occurred were very effective. Absolutely, I like, want Kojima yeah, yeah. to go off and make a fucking horror game now, a full on. And also, like, why don't they just make the Silent Hill thing? Just call it something else. Yeah, but he can't now because Silent yeah, Hill is owned by. He can make a horror game. He can make a horror game. Absolutely. Just do a horror game, a first person horror game. One hundred percent, like he absolutely can. And sure, I mean, isn't that where he met? Uh, Norman Reedus, Reedus. I pres- and Del Toro as well was also involved yeah. in, in that project so I think that's where all this came from there's some great horror elements in this some, yeah the horror elements, uh, horror elements are legitimately very strong and even like some of the just the, the designs of like the ruined buildings that are kind of randomly yeah. about the place like there's a couple of there's a couple of moments where you actually go into those like very um, 
desolate, wrecked like oh, yeah. cities and stuff, and, and they're they are terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> yeah, no, legitimately. The, like I said, like the battles against Mads and his fucking undead soldier army are really stressful. Again, especially when you're playing with headphones on at like two mm-hmm. in the morning. And you have like the audio because like you're like where is he? And I'm like turning like left, and then it's it's coming more and more focus in your yeah, earphones. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, he's around the corner. Where the fuck is he? Where the fuck is he? So like yeah, it's just like. It requires a lot of patience. There's definitely a lot of repetition, which could be trimmed down. I do think in general, Kojima could use an editor, especially with the script. But the more I think about it, you know, some kind of 12 hours after finishing it or whatever it's been, 18 hours, whatever the fuck, I'm still thinking about it. And I was thinking about it every day when I wasn't playing it. And I did find an awful lot of, like, satisfaction, I think, in just getting shit done and traversing the world. My qualms about it are more, like, they're, they're little tweaks, you know, like maybe it could be tightened up a bit, maybe even like the music thing. You know, I wish I wish you could put your own in. I wish you could like dictate your own kind of soundtrack or something. Yeah. The yeah. podcast idea is genius. Yeah. That absolutely. really should have been in there. Because all of those emails are get yourself huge. into Kojima production. The, man. <laughs> there's like there's there's uh, like most of these games, there's like this huge bank of like emails from all the people that you've delivered to, which are like big long stories. Uh, and then there's also like um, d- data that they they like drop in to kind of like flesh out the lore and stuff. If you had all of them as like a thing that you could just put on while you're walking around, that would be incredible because you could just get so much more. And a similar thing to that would be where uh, when God of War, when they get into the boat and the kid starts like like filling in lore across the the world and stuff like that stuff is magic and I love that. Another example is in Bioshock where you get those tapes and like instead of like a thing that you have to read, the tape are there and you're like kind of doing stuff while these tapes are telling you what to do or whatever you know i, I really really would love so that. what do you want kojima productions to do next do you, would you want another one of these no i'd love something completely different again okay because because he's talked about you know this is a new kind of game it's a strand game yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm like definitely the concept of that if it involves connections with other players i'm not against but i don't want this again i want something different i think he can do something completely different you know what i mean like there's, a, there's some um there's some it's uh, done pretty well hasn't it like financially there's, yeah there's some developers where you're kind of like i wouldn't have faith in certain developers to not do something like like do you know what i mean whereas with hideo kojima i can i can just like imagine him doing anything do you know what i mean and you know the, 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 a point to be made is that as you get on this game and especially in this kind of the second half of the run when you start getting weapons and stuff i mean this is not actually that far from Metal Gear Solid Five, like it's actually not like there's actual outposts quite similar to the open worlds. The open oh, yeah, worlds feel yeah, open yeah, yeah. and and empty, kind of like Metal Gear Solid. And I loved Metal Gear Solid as well. Like, I got the same thing out of that than I did on this one. Like you know, yeah, it's weird. I mean, like I kind of tease doing this podcast, being like, oh, I've got loads of problems, but like they're fairly minor in the grand scheme of things. I'm really glad it exists. Yeah, like, I don't think it's perfect, I and mean, I wouldn't go like ten out of ten or nothing. But like, it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like it has fascinated me in a way that a lot of games haven't done in a long time. There's, there is nothing else like it out there. Like true, and, yeah. And the thing, I think it could even sound to be weirder. To be yeah, exactly. You. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more, really. It's just more the bloat on occasion of like of the ideas where it's like, yeah. If you had had someone in the room being like, save that for the sequel, yeah, or yeah. save that for a different game, you know, like. But I can't get mad at ambition. The, like the the discourse around it from the gaming community to me has been really interesting. Because what's worth paying attention to on that? Like. 
Uh, Apart from just diving into Reddit threads and shit, whichever. There's, there's a couple of YouTube videos. I mean, you should go. You should go on, on on the Death Stranding Reddit and look at some of the reviews that loads of people are commenting on. Because there's some people who like I would quite like out of reviews from. Um, I can't name any off the top of my head right now. But essentially, like what it's really shown about the, the gaming discourse around it is. It really feels like there is not a lot of people out there in the gaming world who enjoy anything other than like the Marvel style of filmmaking, which is essentially the same thing as the video game stuff. Do you think that's like, what I mean, we, we we referenced it before? You're a huge fan of Giant Bomb, yeah, which is effectively if anyone doesn't know, it's what it's like basically like a self sufficient gaming critic. Uh, uh, not anymore, but it's more, it's more of a kind of a like a they do long form videos uh, of uh, video game stuff and our um, video game industry veterans from like their their middle-aged men now <laughs> yeah it's basically like you know like a second captain's job where it's like you know that's very it's similar, a paid yeah. for yeah, yeah. kind of video cast or whatever the fuck yeah um video cast hello i'm my dad now <laughs> it's a video cast snake um so hang on i mean like but they all universally despised this game yeah they really didn't like it and they thought they just had a, they, they thought it had like very very serious problems for do you game. think it's because they've been too conditioned to... I just, I, I think that they have a very particular taste and this kind of very, like, this is real, like... This is the like, reason I mention them is because I know that you respect their opinions. Yeah, so. and, like, I was kind of disappointed when I when I saw what they thought of it, but, like, I completely disagreed with pretty much everything that they said. Jim Sterling gave up on it, you know, like, there's a whole... It's like, the equivalent of, like, Russian film to a Marvel film. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? That's what it is. It's, like, you'd really have to... Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to take a big leap with it, and it's very like artistic in would you a way play it again that, from start like, to finish because uh, there, there is a lot of monotony there is a lot of like again it's like I, I just the amount of times you have to cycle through menus the amount of times you have to skip yeah. like basic like it's, it, but it's not a, it's not a game to start again do you know what I mean like yeah. the the product of the value of it is is basically like all of the stuff that you've already done and seen how far you've come it's the same with Metal Gear Solid 5 like I tried playing Metal Gear Solid 5 from the start again and I was just frustrated because I knew the th- the tools and the systems that I was getting later on that made this stuff futile and stuff. So sure, it's, yeah. it's not a game that you play again, but it is a game. I mean, I finished the game now and I've already done it another 10 hours. Just milling around. Just milling around. And I'm trying to like get the five star. <laughs> this is really weird. If you get a five star rating from um, one of the um, delivery stations or whatever, you get a little star on your trouser. Wow. So now I'm trying to try and get all the little stars <laughs> in the trouser and I'm currently trying to connect them all via zip line so that like if I need to cl- bring something from one area to another, I just jump on this zip line and it brings me all the way from one end to the other, <laughs> which is incredibly difficult to do. And like, it's like way more complicated than I thought it was because there's systems that on the higher level stuff make it like difficult to add like a lot of things into a world so difficult but uh, yeah it's been so much fun yeah sorry just to wrap up the critical discourse element you think that there there has been an interesting conversation around it essentially well it it's i think it says more about um uh gaming commentary than it doesn't like the game uh, because it, it, i've been really just disappointed that people aren't seeing like there's there's some people like danny o'dwyer for instance who's a very very good uh video game documentary maker no is, clip is looking uh, no clip exactly yeah. yeah an irish fella but uh but he um 
he hit the nail on the head. He was just like, look, it's really weird. You should definitely play it because there's nothing else like it. And it's art. And like, there may be difficulties with it or it may be frustrating. But like, if you're into this kind of thing or if you're ready for this type of game, which is stop running the game, like, <laughs> then then you should totally do it. And like, he, so he completely got it. Whereas other people were like, oh my God, like, like, I tried to drive my truck over this area and my truck got stuck and it fell over. Like, the game is broken. Or like... <laughs> Or like, I like, I ran up this hill and there was a like a tiny little rock on the side and I lost my balance and then I fell over and lost all my like like packages. The game is broken. Like <laughs> it's complete bullshit. Or like I tried to go across, walk across a river and I got caught and all my stuff flowed out into the fucking sea. It's like the game is broken. It's like you're you're so not getting it. Like you're not <laughs> understanding what's going on here. Like I had an amazing like running down a hill and like being unable to stop and then like tripping over one rock and face planting like about sixty feet forward. Oh shit. And I was just like, whoa <laughs> fuck. And like everything went everywhere. Like like every piece of equipment gone. Baby <sighs> screaming. And yeah, I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck, shut up, man. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ. And you would, like, because that was the thing, is like, if you start running in the, like, I can't imagine how terrible this must game must be for somebody who is, like, trying to run as fast as possible and trying to do, trying to get there as quickly as possible without planning ahead and stuff. Because, like, after a while, if you start, like, bumping into stuff and falling over too much, your baby starts crying. So you have to sit down yeah. and, like, rock, rock him and yeah, yeah, rock yeah. the controller. <laughs> also, if you're not using your, like, headphones and you don't change the settings... Yeah, so that's what it I goes, had, yeah. It goes through the PS4 it goes through controller. The, so your controller starts bawling its eyes out like, until you, like, you... I was, like, again, like, I'm in a gaff with people, like, I, I tried playing this at two in the morning. Can you imagine, like, them hearing this coming <laughs> around and being like, what the fuck is going on in there? <laughs> like, it's just, like, insane. Um, yeah, no, it's, like... I, I, especially in the last few days, knowing that I was kind of hitting the third act or the seventeenth act, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to get this finished. I want to see the credits. I want to, you know, so we can talk about it. I really did enjoy, though, like just walking around, just yeah. walking up a huge green fucking, you know, like this spiked it, hill like- with like music playing and just looking over these mad vistas and just being like. You know, I appreciate that this is kind of barren in a way, and I know that's the point, and I can totally get what people will be like, "Fuck this game," but like, yeah, it's different and you know i think it's there's nothing else like it and it just looks gorgeous it does look it's a real it's real like system show off game as well which is like i think like i'll come back to my parents this christmas and i always bring my ps4 home for christmas and stuff and like every year i get to like show them like what the fuck mario has become like do you know what i mean like it's (laughs) kind of like look at this game look how amazing that is like but um yeah it's great well i guess lastly uh, what i will say is like because we talked about it on Encore recently, and I remember being like, I was actually, I'm, I surprisingly enjoy this. I unironically love the Church's song. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's great. I've been listening to the Low Roar, the first two tracks from the Low Roar uh, parts on this, Don't Be So Serious, is such a jam. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> the music is really good. He's re- One thing about Hideo Kojima, he has a really good taste in music. The uh, the Church's one, which is just called Death Stranding, um, mm. You know, not a band that I love per se. <laughs> it's so, but it's so wonderfully knowingly cheesy. It is Hideo Kojima in song form. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so earnest. It's so skyscraping, trying to grasp the fucking sun and the moon and make them hug. Like that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's Eurovision, and I. <laughs> it's it's so Eurovision. You're right. Love it though. I fucking adore Man, it. It'd be it, such a good Eurovision. It entry. reminds me of a uh, M83 Oblivion, which I always thought would also be an amazing Eurovision entry. Like, yeah. So uh, that's what will have play us out now. I'll listen to a bit of churches to exit this. But uh, yeah, Death Stranding. Turns out it's pretty good. Go play it. Go play it. Let's draw in the sun. Keep it straight and narrow.
podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of a Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's a Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.